0: Stark is a sickness. Aw, Junior. you can gonna break your old man's heart. If I have to. Nobody has to break anything. Clearly you've never made an omelet. You beat me by one second. Ah,
1: this is funny, Mr. Stark. It's what, comfortable? Like old times? This was never my life. You two can still walk away from this.
2: No, we will.
0: I know you've suffered. Ah, (laughs) Captain America. God's righteous man. Pretending you could live without a war. I can't physically throw up in my mouth, but... If you believe in peace, then let us keep it. I think you're confusing peace with quiet.
1: Do you expect me to talk?
2: Of Do you expect to talk? I'm your host Becca, and as always, joined by my super friends Chris and Dave. How are you? Good evening, folks.
0: Wasn't super friends Justice League or my? Or was that Spider Man? No, it was. It was 70s. It was um. It was basically Justice League. Yeah, Batman All right. was in it.
2: But you're God, my Beckham. friends, and you are super. So you know. <laughs> Wrong franchise. <laughs> I'm yeah. speaking away from comic books. Okay, fine. That enough. Enough. you are super and that you are friends. So oh, you know. know, we're super friendly. I talk across franchises.
1: Okay, fair enough. (laughs) Good evening. Or good morning, if we were to say.
2: Or good night. One of these days, we all do that film.
0: There's people listening to this early afternoon who feel totally disenfranchised by all of that now.
2: (laughs) What about those who listen mid-morning?
0: Oh, for fuck's sake. Right, anyway. (laughs) Brunch time?
2: (laughs) Or for those who've discovered a middle between... Breakfast and brunch.
0: Yeah, I doubt that comes up at the patent office very often. <laughs> I've discovered a new <laughs> meal.
2: Lunch and dinner. Oh. Right. Anyway, this is going totally off topic. Today, at long last, we discuss Avengers Age of Ultron, starring... <gasps> Deep breath. <Brown.
1: laughs> Why at long last? Why was, was there like, is there anticipation to this film that I'm not aware of? Well, I,
0: hang on, to be to be fair, this is our seventh episode after the hiatus, and it's only the third one that's Marvel. Fair enough. When you, when you think we're on the Marvel series. True,
2: okay. Oh, bloody tie. Again, thanks to everybody for bearing with us.
0: Anyway. <laughs> She'll still be apologising for that hiatus in two years' time. I will. I'm really sorry a couple of years ago I moved out. Anyway. <laughs>
2: it was beyond my control
0: cool.
2: yes amongst many other people this movie stars chris hemsworth robert Downey jr james spader cool. scarlett johansson samuel l jackson mark ruffalo chris evans paul bettany aaron taylor johnson elizabeth olsen and many many more A score by danny elfman or music by danny elfman and brian tyler characters by Stanley, jack Kirby, and joe simon written and directed by golden boy joss whedon and released in 2015
0: less of a golden boy by the end of the filming of this i think
2: yeah i think it was much hype i think there was as much hype for whedon as there were for, as there was for this film um well i think it was a lot of the fact it...
0: that all the way through phase two we were told whedon was consulting with everyone he was consulting yeah. with all the directors so he was involved with talking to james black uh james black shane black sorry <laughs> who's <laughs> that yeah he just randomly met some guy called james black um <laughs> no he went he did have conversations with shane black he did with uh Uh, Alan Taylor he did with uh, James Gunn and there were little mini rewrites he was getting involved with to just sort of make sure that the tone was being kept for this so whilst we think of sort of Kevin Feige as the mastermind of Marvel which to this date is still true um, there was a feeling at the time that this this sort of series was basically being shaped by Joss Whedon Uh, The first Avengers film had been massively, massively successful and uh, really well received. So I think there was a lot of excitement coming to this. And then obviously, debatably, the end result doesn't quite live up to that hype. Um, And Whedon's had nothing to do with Marvel since. And I've always felt like this sort of this film kind of broke him a little bit. You know, he was exhausted making it. They were arguing a lot over Final Cut and who was going to do what. Uh, what was going to be in it, what wasn't going to be in it, and it's that horrible middle ground where nobody has clearly won or lost. Bits of scenes are in, you know, uh, the, Thor's vision at one point in the film is sort of half there, and it'd be better either left or taken out completely. Yeah,
2: as if they couldn't come to a decision to leave it in or mm-hmm. leave it out.
0: So you're right to say Golden Boy as we came into this, I'd i be less confident to say he was still that as we came out of it. But yeah. they still gave they still gave him like well over three hundred million dollars to make this.
2: I think considering so there was well, a lot you know, of what they in. went through, I think he did as as a similar sort of, you know, difficult production. Um I think he, he did well to kind of weather the storm. But yeah, he kind of the, the shine had worn off, I guess. Yeah. Towards the end of this film.
0: Yeah, well, he could leave and take his magical touch to Justice League.
2: <laughs> mm. well, he did a really good ad- adaptation of um, that film that he made. Oh, uh, that's uh, Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, but which that was, one it was three years
0: before this.
2: Was it much ado? Was it much that ado? Was, that was ages yeah.
0: before this, though. I mean,
2: which I love, and I'm sorry I could not remember. That was, why. that
1: was done about the same time as Avengers.
0: Roughly, it, was. It? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was around the same sort of time. Yeah. They... Yeah. Much ado. Yeah,
2: so
0: I I just think there was an awful lot of hype. And, of course, Age of Ultron, you think, right, we're we're building into some new continuity that's going to spread over a number of films. And the end result just seems really, really compromised because it's not an age of fucking anything. It's a one-off. At this stage, I mean, you know, who knows? He might come back in Endgame or something. But uh, Ultron, to this stage, has been a one-shot deal. Uh, As much as I like James Spader's voice, I think the character was pretty half-assed um i think the plot is pretty half-assed i think it's it's what i thought the first film would be you know i I, all the way leading up to avengers i thought this isn't going to be good you know trying to cram all these characters into one film now this isn't necessarily overstuffed in the same way as some of the later films but it is only half servicing little things so you got a little bit of Thor in this, and then you got a little bit of Chris Evans and Haley Atwell, and then it comes away from that, and it's about something else. And the whole sort of Ultron thing doesn't quite make sense as you it, when once you start thinking about it, because there's lots of sort of internet capable network devices he, he seemingly can't get into. I mean, really, they shouldn't be able to fucking fly anywhere. No. Do you know what I mean with Ultron on the scene? And I just think you know they pull out they've got to create stakes and they've got to create side plots so you get you get this sort of love story between Banner and uh, what do we want to call her Natasha or I suppose Romanoff yeah. um, you get a love story between those two that's really really half baked and pulled out of nowhere and actually the scenes are pretty sweet I think the scenes are well done and I think Whedon has actually had a shot quite well in this film I don't like the wig very much but where they're sort of flirting across the bar at sort of the Avengers Tower, I think that's a really nice scene, really well shot, and she's really quite alluring there. So, it's not all bad. Um, it's funny. I think all um, Joss Whedon sort of films have plenty of sort of decent banter between characters. I hate that fucking word, but it's the best way to describe Banper. it. Banter, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's a straight left on anyone's dating profile when you see, yeah, I, I love banter. Do you, boy? Um, yeah, but yeah. I love yeah but you know it, it you know it meant you know entirely as as i as as, uh, as we would apply it to this sort of stuff yeah the, the sort of interplay between the characters is still really good still really sharp there's a couple of really funny scenes in it there's a brilliant stan lee camp cameo in it the action's not altogether bad but even then there are beats we're gonna get to where i just think yeah it's getting tired now there's one particular beat, and I've mentioned it to Chris on a podcast before, where Whedon's very fond of a particular action beat, and and we see it here from Clint Barton, I think, and it's like I'm sick of seeing that now. It 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 takes a, you know a split second, and it doesn't, it doesn't matter that much. Kind of
2: nauseum, really, doesn't
0: it? It's the one where um someone's approaching our hero, the he- we don't think the hero knows he's there, and mm-hmm. at the last minute you're sort of throw a fist at them or just lift his arm whilst not looking at them and knock them out he's done that to death um it's overdone in action full stop particularly sort of family friendly type action um so i mean from my perspective this film is a complete mess and it's the worst team up of the lot of them and i include i have to include captain america civil war in that because it is kind of half an Avengers film that it didn't gross quite the same because it doesn't have Avengers in its title. So there's a lot of people who probably didn't go to see it. But yeah, it's the weakest of the team ups. It doesn't have the same problems with sort of overstuffing as some of the later ones, but it's half assing half of the stories. And I don't particularly like the new characters. Now, um the Maximov twins, well, She's improved over each, you know, appearance because of you know, she started dropping the accent for a start. That's made a big difference, Wanda Maximoff. Yeah, she sounds uh, so really different. She, she sounds really different What's here. What's wrong with her uh, accent Ta- here? Sorry?
1: What's wrong with her accent here? I thought there's nothing wrong with it.
0: Yeah. And Aaron Taylor Johnson <laughs> okay. j- j- He Aaron Taylor Johnson looks like a cut character from GTA four. Yeah, Pietro Maximoff just looks like he should be one of the sort of Nico Bellic's family in like Grand Theft Auto <laughs> 4. Um Awful character. Glad when he was killed off, to be honest. Or um, looks I like,
1: or looks like he's like should be in like a, a speed racer type game.
0: I don't, I don't really know, but you know, it's a step away from fucking shell suits and that. It's pretty awful. Um, the whole vision thing is kind of half-assed and. I've still got problems to this day of what exactly is vision skill set, because it seems to be all over the shop, and when he appears in this film, he's massively overpowered. you feel like he could go out and fight it all by himself. Yeah, yeah um,
2: it's kind of like he's kind of got all the powers yeah, and at the
0: same time you know, he's kind of scaled back and it's like, hmm. Okay. little nods to Hayley Atwell, little you know Peggy Carter, things like that, and Heimdall Dull from our characters where you think, okay, is there a, is there a theme to what they're dreaming here?" Are they are, are they being trying are they trying to get them to miss their past? I, I don't really know. So yeah, I've talked for a long time there, but my opening thoughts are this is a complete mess, but it's not an unenjoyable mess. It's pretty easy to get through. Um, it's fine, but it's the weakest team up.
2: Becca, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> no, I would agree with all, all the above. Um, obviously I had a lot of production production issues um around sort of editing um and a lot of that ends up on the screen. You know, I think again okay, we've got another sort of similar quantum sort of situation. Obviously not not on that kind of scale, um, but yeah, there was a lot of hype in you know going going into this, um, and it kind of didn't really live up to expectation expectations to me. Um, I think James Spader. I mean, he's. I feel really bad saying this, but like he's in a he's in a different film altogether. Um, I kind of feel that a lot of his scenes that le- were left on the cutting room floor. Um, he really. You know, he wants to get his teeth into this really kind of quite nasty, quite villainous role. And he ends up, well, to me, um, I sort of perceive him as kind of like almost pantomime,
0: mustache twirling kind of, type he's villain. He's kind of way too comic.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, he's, 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 he's one of those talented actors who can do both and, you know, turn kind of on a dime, as it were, and have, have skills across across both sort of serious drama and, and high comedy. But at, at the same time, you just kind of think, really? And I kind of, I do feel that, you know, a, There was a lot left out, and like it doesn't, the whole general flow of this film doesn't doesn't really kind of flow very well at all for me. Um, I had a difficult time with this film at the cinema, and again watching it for this podcast, I was like, oh, hopefully I'll enjoy it more, you know, on on a repeat viewing.
0: No. I always thought that um, the first film. I think just to expand that point just a little. Sorry to come bring it back to me, but I don't think I've fully fleshed out that point where I was saying it's what I feared in the first one. I think that Iron Man 2 syndrome where you spend most of your film setting up other films. Well, we go to Wakanda and meet Andy Serkis' character. Clow, is it? Claw? Claw, isn't
2: Uh, it? Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, And it's just like, well, he's not really needed in this film, but they cram him into a scene because they're setting something up for another time. And I hate that kind of film. And
1: this year's four years down the pipeline as well. And, it, exactly. and it's,
2: it's, it's quite busy. You're already trying to set up Ultron and all the rest of it, but it's like you've got to cram in Andy Serkis as well. He's welcome in any film. I will watch him anytime. time.
0: That hits the point entirely. It's four years away. They yeah. cast him years before we saw him again. Um. So, yeah, what was it four years? Three years. Long enough, though.
1: Yeah, it's 2015, so, yeah, it's about that time, isn't it? Yeah, um, three,
2: four years to go. So.
0: Really crap.
1: I mean,
2: yeah, it's it's a bit of an
1: odd film. There, I mean, I, in a way, I completely agree with all of you because um, I remember seeing this being really super pumped. Oh my god, Avengers two! This is going to be you know the first one just really nailed the head. It could you know hit you know hit the ball straight out of the park first time round, and when you I remember watching the cinema, I was just thinking something's not quite right here. Why do? Why am I almost like just zoning out of this? Um And it's been, I think so. I look at it objectively. I think it's it's got all the agreements. You know, it's got a fairly decent plot. You know, you got like interesting in the filling. Got you know good cast. You know,
0: Um well no, the villains have been shitting most of Marvel. Yeah. to be fair. So this even if you weren't you know even half decent is like well they're never that good. So this yeah. isn't bad.
1: Well he, he's yeah. ba- he's basically James Spader. You know. Uh, speaking uh, Joss Whedon dialogue, you know, being like a really sarcastic, evil uh, robot. Um, yeah. Though, why that's never really properly explained why he has like this sarcastic tick. Maybe it's Tony Stark thing. I don't know. But,
2: uh, I, I wonder if it is, you know.
0: Possibly. I mean, yeah, it, yeah. okay. That's probably likely.
1: Possibly. I mean, I literally just thought of it now as I said it, but, yeah, um, so that might be it, but then again, it isn't entirely fleshed out. You know, we, we're guessing here, so um, I don't know. It's you know, this, as Dave said, like the scenes aren't themselves aren't particularly bad. The actions isn't particularly bad. Um, I liked how they actually gave um, Clint Barton something to do this time round. Um, yeah, he gets busy. E- even though at the time I was, I remember like rumors like he's going to kill. They're going to kill for the Avenger this time. I get hearing mutterings of. Uh, they're going to kill one of them off. Are you thinking, right, so they're just going to give uh, uh, J- uh, Jamie Renner, like, a <laughs> uh, so will roll this time around and then kill him off because, you know, no one needs Arrow Boy. Um, <laughs> um, but they didn't this time But anyway. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There's something about it, it's just off. I don't know what it is. I think it's just when a film doesn't quite come together, it, it just shows. Uh, it just doesn't land the way that. You want it to land, and uh, it's a shame. somehow
0: it doesn't look fun. It doesn't look like the. Enjoy- I, I I imagine they always have a few laughs. I can't imagine like Robert Downey Jr. just his whole attitude to life these days being <laughs> that such that he wouldn't have some fun with this. But at the same time, it doesn't look like it was fun to make. I think that's the the bottom line. I just think it looks like it was a bit of a fucking slog. I think as well, even though Phase 2 had been quite successful, and particularly we, what we said about 2014 being such a successful year, there must have been some pressure on this. Because Wheaton hasn't made anything big since the first one, since the one from you, know, a, couple of years bef- you know, a couple of years before 2012. And he suddenly got to go and follow one of the most popular comic book films ever made. And they all—it all feels a bit rabbit caught in the headlights, just a little bit.
1: Yeah, I possibly because it is literally carrying the franchise on his shoulders at this point. Because like this, because they all essentially these are like the, the bookmarks of it. These these are like the what should be the high point, you know? It's like where they all come together, you know. Um also we've got Thanos as well, which we won't properly see till. Like this year,
0: <laughs> again he's yeah. going in mid-credit scene. I'll okay, I'll do it myself in three years' time. So yeah, three, yeah. four it,
1: years time. Yeah, in,
0: in some respects, in hindsight, we're only two films away from civil war. Now, unfortunately, civil war needs the plot of this film to work. It needs what happens in this film to give them the ammunition to drive them through the plot of that film. Hmm. but just in terms of the logistics of building to peaks and sort of troughs and crescendos if you like within the sort of flow of the cinematic universe as a whole i I almost wish age of ultron wasn't here because we've got an effective avengers film the following year anyway with civil war
1: well I was just about to say so i think civil war uh pretty much just like was was the apology? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. It was it almost corrected. like, okay, okay, well, like just politely ignore Age of Ultron
0: because well, there's yeah, the film Star- you should have had. Well, no, it didn't do a Star Trek Beyond and ignore the previous film. It was all about what you do after Segovia happened. Mm. So the plot of this film was absolutely vital. Yeah. But I just think time is starting to prove, and I say starting because we've got to hedge our bets before Endgame comes out. But it's starting to prove the Ro- Russos are a better fit to this material. Whedon did a great job with the first one just because, you know, boyish enthusiasm came in. You know, his first crack at it. Let's get them all wise cracking. Let's keep it nice and light. And he, and he did it. Once you start putting the weight of the world on him, it just seemed to like break him somewhat. Whereas the Russos just handle that pressure. No problem.
1: Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what it is. I mean, it's difficult to say. I've not seen any of the Russo's films other than Marvel, but, um, I, yeah, I don't know what it is about them. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day. You know the Russo's. Uh, do, you, yeah. do you think, um, and maybe it's been confirmed that they do, but, you know, being that there's two directors, do you think they go off and, like, film separately? Like, okay, well, I'll shoot the scenes with um, Robert Downey and I'll shoot the scenes with Chris Evans, and they both, you know, kind of I save don't time.
0: Know. I don't know.
1: It just was just a thought. A most
0: director, most directing teams are actually, you know, sat beside each other mm. at the same time. So I would think so. It's probably on special features, but I haven't really watched any this time, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think. I think they just sort of work as, you know, mm. a hive mind, effectively. I don't think they go off and do other things.
1: Yeah, I was just a thought. I was just a thought. Like, so mm. oh, okay. Well, there's two of us. We can be at two places at once. But anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was. It was just a bit. Uh, I, I don't know what it is, it just didn't work. I mean, it's not terrible, because there's nothing in it that's particularly badly done. There are moments in it. I think it, it works best when it's the the team are just, like, hanging out. Mm. Like, when they're just, like, at the party. But and that's just like, what
0: Whedon's best at. That's yeah. what I mean. There's something about him that's got a lightness, which is why I think he was better first time out. Yes, there's some pressure, but, like, would anyone really have blamed him if the Avengers hadn't been amazing? Because it's kind of a gamble anyway, the first time you do it. Yeah. This te- I remember Robert Downey Jr. at this Comic-Con saying, this is possibly the most ambitious film ever made. Well, there's hyperbole in that, but I got what he meant. That like no one's really tried to do this before, not with this these sorts of budgets. And there's something about boyish enthusiasm that drives you through. When you've got to try and you know, work through the mechanics of an entire phase against a studio that's already thinking of the next phase, it's clearly not gone so well. It is better three years on. At the time, it was Whedon's second go after the Avengers. Brilliant. Can't wait to see what he does next, because the Avengers was great. And, of course, um, three years on, it's just another team-up, and Marvel are always all right. And this is okay, too, but it's not going to rank very high.
1: No, no, I don't think so either. But it's not terrible, I, you know. It, again, it's a weird thing. It's, it's a weird things like I'll, I'll I'll look at what it's made of I think this should be better, and it just somehow just doesn't materialize. It just feels like just.
0: But occasionally, and we're, we're likely wrong every time we think mm. this because you know we we don't have the talent. Otherwise, we'd be doing it. But quite often, when you see a film, I, I'm I've never been under the illusion I could go and write a great film. I don't believe that at all. But every now and again, when I see a film, I think I could rewrite that. I know what's wrong with it, yeah. And and or I could at least start the process of reshaping it. I could start the process of going. But you need to move that there and lose this and and tighten that bit. Whether I'd be able to do the actual specifics of all that, I don't know. But I could I could map what's wrong here. I'm not quite sure. I think that's the problem. There's something wrong with this film, and I'm not quite sure what it is. In all cases, I can pick on little. Examples, and I'll pick on loads as we go through it. But I don't know what you do to fix it. You change, you do change yeah. the title because Age of Ultron is a stupid fucking title for this film. But is it the name of the comic? Di- I don't know. I don't know is the honest answer. I know Ultron was a character created by um, Hank Pym in the comics. Yeah. Hank Pym created him, but yeah, it was. Gonna say, it was created but, by uh, uh,
2: himself.
0: Uh, but obviously, Hank Pym isn't introduced till next week. So unless you're going to rush because there were some complaints at the time, that's bullshit Hank Pym. And what what do you want? Ten minutes at the start of the film where we rush an introduction of Hank Pym just so he can, you know. So, no, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense that it has to be Hank Pym in this universe. But it was Hank Pym in the comic books. And I don't know too much more about it than that. Whedon wasn't. My memory, and it may be misremembered, is Whedon wasn't in as much of the sort of post-release press and promo as I would have expected. And he looked kind of burnt out every time I did see him. Um, And there's never been any whispers of him working with Marvel again. Whereas I think at the moment, and and it's tempting to go, well, he he did his bit and he moved on, but... He hasn't done vast amounts since, except tried to salvage Justice League. It wasn't entirely his fault. It didn't work. Because if I was trying to finish a film Zack Snyder did, I wouldn't hire Joss Whedon to finish it. They're too dissimilar. But that's, that strikes me as really stupid, actually, as an idea
1: they'll course ones that wanted to make it a bit more that's fun. That's what
0: they were trying to do, but they had, they had a bit too much in the... Well, we'll get to that one day. And that's not an easy... It, it doesn't quite work. And I think that is a clear spoiler for when we get to DC one day. Um, Justice League is a mishmash. It's not as bad as its reputation, but it certainly ain't good. Um, but Joss Whedon hasn't done a lot since this. So it's not that he went off because he was going to do Star Wars. Or he wanted to, you know, do this TV show or whatever. Whereas I get the impression now with the Russos, they'd keep him forever if they could. So something broke between man and studio here. Yeah. And we're seeing it in the end result, but we're not quite sure how.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I would guess it's probably just a general, like, enthusiasm. Though it's probably, like, telltale signs in certain elements. I think, I think the, like, for example, the romance between Hulk and um, Natasha uh, Romanoff, Rowan, um, it's it's not... It's, I should say, Dave, it's not like, like you know...
0: The, the scenes act, are the, nice. Yeah,
1: it's yeah, not like the, the scenes are, are fine, but we're, we're just scratching our heads as like, but where did this come from? How did this come Does this work? I'm not sure that they, they sue each other as a couple. You, you know, it's like, if, if there was like... Should we say a brief flirtation in the previous Avengers film? That almost like okay, fine, well that sets up fans' expectations, and that there's a chance that might work now. But here it's just it's just there, and you think where the fuck did this come from? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it make, make more it would make more sense for you know uh, Romanoff to hard on for Steve because like, you know I'm spending time with him in um, Winter Soldier. But,
2: yeah, the, the two don't seem to kind of mesh up really. It's random.
0: I don't mean this from a looks or snootiness perspective. I really don't. But Natasha Romanoff would not give Bruce Banner a second look. I, I'm absolutely convinced. But it ain't, yet. It, it ain't, he ain't good looking enough. She just, he just wouldn't appear on her, on her radar. I don't I see mean, it. I
1: mean, they already established the fact that she's kind of not interested in that, in, in, yeah. in, in any guy. You know, it's almost like she's, I mean, I mean, she, she's she's flirted with, with Steve in, in, in a playful way, but half time when she's flirting, she's trying to get what she wants. She's trying to get information. Yeah. And it's not. And, and she's like, you know, as said in previous Avengers films, like, lust for children. She, she's not interested in that. She um, can't have them, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, although she might be why. Well, we find out during this film, but again, yeah. all of that should carry weight, and it doesn't because it's dropped away. And whilst I don't think the film is quite overstuffed as as the, the later two the later two um, Avengers films, Uh, I I mean Captain America Civil War and Avengers 3, really, Infinity War. Whilst it's not not as overstuffed, they're still not having the time to put to things. So the flirtation between them isn't fleshed out before all of a sudden they're into each other and you think, did we miss some signs or something? Then they're having a conversation outside of the shower about, you know, I should have joined you. And then it was, I can't have children. And then it was you know, how do you have a baby with me because I'm the Hulk, and it's like we've missed weeks of conversations here. This isn't just a couple of little side conversations we've missed. We've missed a hell of a lot of build-up. And I, fi- I find it the same with the, the you know the, the Maximoff twins as well. I just think they're like, it, it, it's all very, very rushed. Uh, and we're looking at a film that's 141 minutes. So, yeah. And, and the whole Ultron thing's pulled out of nowhere and again i think i've got a problem with this constant semi resetting of tony stark he's becoming like shrek he's learning the same fucking story you know Sh- shrek in every single film learned to be grateful for what he has and in yeah the that's, that's film, like
2: his character arc that was yeah, it and again yeah. he learns to be and grateful. then in the second
0: film he would learn to be grateful for what he has and then in the third film, and you get where I'm going with that. Um <laughs> but the
2: second time, he does it with donkey well, and then the, the next time Stark. he does it with busing pizza.
0: Well, after, I mean, not only do they have to reset him as a bit of a playboy each time, but they, they're not doing that as much now. But Tony Stark in Iron Man three had to learn, had a bit of post traumatic stress, and had to learn through the course of the film that he couldn't, he couldn't anticipate every variable, he couldn't protect every single anyone from everyone from every conceivable situation and by the end of the film he's learned it we get to here it's exactly the same arc again tony is trying to get this sort of fail-safe insurance against any danger and when we get to civil war it will be the same thing again yeah i'm getting a bit fed up with it uh it's like you've got a great character there but stop having him say learn the same lesson in every film either don't have him learn it at all or have him learn it and then move on so yeah actually in the specifics there's quite a lot of problems here but
1: so it's like he's constantly guilty for something and it feels like he has to overcompensate for that guilt it's like we're 3 oh.
0: years we're 3 years on from the battle of new york at this stage what's he feeling guilty about now you know yeah. it, it it's all a bit i don't know maybe maybe this is too much for for one man maybe it doesn't need two directors or don't know maybe maybe it is conceptually, although it's not the vast number of characters we're going to get to later on, there's enough characters here that not enough consistent thoughts been given to each character. So Tony has got this sort of placeholder. He feels responsible that he can't protect the whole world. And it's just this placeholder persona for him, because they haven't got time to write something better. But um, Sokovia, you know, I... I'd, I'd, at least that's a mixture of good and bad and we'll get to it because i've always got a problem with putting people in danger we don't know but as soon as i was about to voice that i actually remembered we see quite a lot of the sokovians through through that action sequence so it's not so bad but um i think we're all actually saying the frustration with this film is we're all saying we kind of enjoyed it
1: well it's it's almost like your opinion of uh, Holmes and Watson. It's like it's not painful, but you know, you kind of wish you enjoy it. Really, yeah. it's like I can't really say I like I enjoyed it, but then it's like I can't really say I detested it. It's yeah. like I can, I might have enjoyed certain moments, and then, um, and then at the time I just sort of like just watched it.
0: It's way less than the sum of its parts. Yeah, way less.
1: Um, um... I, I, I think also probably the, the ending as well, like the the big climax, kind of feels a bit repetitive, and you don't really fit. And they don't <sighs> see Ultron himself. When you think of him, think fucking hell, how they're going to take on this guy? By the time he gets to the climactic fight, it, it doesn't seem that much of a challenge. It's just like, uh, just like an endless zone of robots, and you you think, well, okay, well, fine, the Avengers can take care of them, no problem.
0: It was a little bit. Star Wars Episode One for me. They they weren't as um, they weren't as uh, fragile as the droids in that, but it was a bit like that. It was purely weight of numbers that were offering any threat whatsoever. Yeah. Um, after, it, it was all, plus the
1: advantage of surrounding the area that were they need to, they they need to get to. Yeah, and like, well, fine So the, all you have to do is just fight him off, which is not going to be that much of a problem. You know? Yeah, yeah not in real terms, obviously, but in terms of like, when you're watching like, movie superhero return, think, oh, okay, well, it's fine, there's loads of them now.
0: <laughs> you know, by the time the Russo's got to do a proper Avengers film, act like all of them, including Thor and the Hulk and everything else, the whole structure of the film's totally different. Here we've got kind of... We do have sort of an Empire Strikes Back in that we start with a, a big action sequence off the end of the last one, if you like, but again, it all felt rather over-familiar. Mm. It was all similar sort of action beats and shooting, uh, you know, and cutting between the different Avengers, but this time on the ground in a snowy environment. So it all felt a little bit like... I'm not sure he's got anything new to say. It, Yeah. But um, with that, shall we discuss this film sequentially?
1: Um, why not? Why uh... not?
0: Now... Which film was it was it the last one where we had a um we had a Baron von Strucker uh tease
1: uh, it was he winter was
0: soldier it was one of the post credit sequences it was winter soldier was yeah. it yeah okay i thought this was going to be something and it really isn't is it He's but in it like seems... two scenes yeah he's been they've been raiding hydra facilities Ever since the Winter Soldier, we we get the impression because they they drop it in very clunky dialogue as they go through this scene that, you know, that's all of them now. And, you know, we've cut the head off and everything else. Um, this Hydra facility has a scepter, the scepter Loki was using in it. And it has the twins. Yeah. Uh, Pietro Maximoff, basically Quicksilver, uh, not GTA Four. Who is uh, very like it's one of the few things the Brian Singer X Men film does better. <laughs> Their Quicksilver's way more fun than this one. I,
1: I, I remember the tease because like the, the wig in the Brian Singer one, and the X Men one just looked really tacky. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it doesn't. Neither of them look good, but here he's got bad highlights, and it, it just looks like that. Uh, it it does. It's very GTA for. Uh, Wanda looks great. They've always they've nailed the look of her, but her voice is well off in this one but they drop the accent quite quickly over her next couple of, p- of appearances so this is the only time she really sounds like this uh, the in universe the out of universe explanation is quite simply that's stupid let's not do that anymore the in universe explanation is um she's working off the grid a lot with black widow and but you know the, the influence of her is to sort of teach her to blend in, and if she's going to blend in, she needs to lose that accent. Yeah, well,
1: you think like She probably lives in America now, so she probably just adopted the American, the American accent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Plus it's an American actress. They never thought of that, did they? <laughs> no. So there's this, this big sort of action sequence, which is the sort of raid on the facility. So lots of you know, hero shots of them all.
1: Oh, God, that, that big hair that was meant to be like the, you know, the...
0: Well, when we're looking across them and Hulk's close to the camera. Yeah, that that just looked really bad to me. Yeah, did. yeah
1: that looks a bit cheap.
0: Well, they cut slow motion with it as well. I thought, is this a Paul W.S. Anderson film or something? <laughs> Suddenly go all slow motion. Yeah, we're aware they're all there at the same time.
1: It, it's like screen capture shot. There we are, uh, there we
0: I know, and and they've really dialled up all the lines as well. I did like the language one.
1: I never got that. I never got why, you know, they'd be like, they they find that as a joke. You know, it's like...
0: Because he's a man from the 1940s.
1: Well, yeah, so it makes sense for him to say it, but I don't get why they're all mocking him for it. I don't know why that's a big thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just me.
0: (laughs) I mean, I got it. I got it just fine. I thought it was funny, but again, it's the film trying way too hard. Straight away, it's like it's that's really all he's particularly good at. Whedon at the he's he's particularly good at, you know, interplay and jokes. Mm. But we're 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 in the midst of a supposedly fairly tense opening action sequence, and none of the tension is sold. We're straight on jokes about language.
1: Well, it's quite a cartoony action scene anyway. Because you got like Cap and everyone flipping in the air, and it you know. It's one of those action scenes that does not look quite real.
0: No. And does Bruce Banner put in an earpiece then change, or do they try and cram an earpiece into the Hulk? Oh, I don't know. Because they're all chatting to each other, aren't they? Can yeah. somebody take out that bunker? Hulk does it, thanks. You're like, where, where, how did you get an earpiece into him?
2: Osmosis <laughs> somehow.
0: I mean, in the did first whilst one. Whilst he was sleeping. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I thought I,
2: in the first, I think
1: it depends, because if he changes himself, he can control the Hulk more. Yeah. So we probably had it in anyway, I'm guessing.
0: We'll get to that later as well. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, um, I honestly think Hulk's best rendering was in his first appearance. I thought he looked better in the Avengers than any of these films. This looks all right on the small screen, but I remember when I saw it at the cinema, um, there's a few shots of the Hulk that don't look quite right. And by the time we get to his later appearances, like Thor Ragnarok and stuff like that, I think he looks kind of waxy, kind of plasticky. Like they've taken shortcuts in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. He, not... does,
2: he kind of has that look to him. Raiders look a little bit. Uh, you know, they kind of run out of money.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that it's done with the same quality as the first.
2: It, it could be down no. to
1: like the sparingness of, like, say, doing it in Avengers, where he's like, oh, maybe. You know, he isn't in it. Is he isn't in it as much? Whereas, yeah. like, they use him quite a bit. So that's why he has a overall effect i don't know it might seem to do that i mean he looks
0: all right he's always he's always animated like perfectly adequately <clears throat> but when i see him now i just think he doesn't look um i don't know there's, there's a level of detail but there's a level of sort of nuance in the skin gone it looks kind of waxy yeah but,
2: I, I would agree with you there dave It does kind of um, it, it loses its sheen
0: but yeah you've got this action sequence that no one really gives a shit about, but they're all, they're, you know, it's quite effective at telling us how they work together, you know, and sud- suddenly Stark's back in the suit. He can't do things remotely now. It's just yeah. whatever. Iron Man 3 raised more problems than it solved. Uh, they get this scepter, but at the, in the midst of it all, um the twins are sort of let out. And so obviously because Pietro's so fast first thing Barton knows about it is he goes to fire something and it's picked out of the air. And Wanda is just messing with their heads terribly. She gets inside Tony's head and he sees the sort of creatures from the first film and all the Avengers lying dead or dead and dying. Yeah. And again, I wasn't quite sure what that was hinting at. I don't know if that was trying to show him something that has happened or could happen, will happen. Uh, just to mess with his head, just to get him to take the scepter,
1: or his like worst fear or something. Is he just
0: showing him his worst fear? Well, in that case, what's Steve's dream about then? Because he mm, just meets yeah. with Peggy, and you go, well, that's not a worst fear, is it? Are you Surely trying not. to are you trying to show Steve that um, <clears throat> there's a life beyond this, or that um, you know he'd be happier away from crime fighting? I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, Thor sees yeah, trouble. Yeah,
1: you, you get the sense that like um, Steve's dream is like a, a temptation, isn't it? It's like a
0: temptation to do what though? Because he can't just go back to
1: 1945. But, can't you? Yeah, no, um, that, that's very true. But I, I, I again, I don't know.
0: <laughs> okay, I think I know what you mean though. Like,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah, if I, yeah, but if I had to read it as it is, but you're right. I mean, I don't, I don't know what exactly they were trying to do but it's interpret the the vision that's like well it seems to be a, a temptation of sorts but uh, or I don't know yeah
0: uh, I mean if you were showing them all some flavour of a dystopian I mean you're showing you're showing Cap a world where his battle's done hmm. uh, so is that is I don't know I don't know if that's his fear or his desire or whether you're just trying to tempt him with it which is exactly what you're saying not tempting him in real terms that he can have it but like, start to open that up as a desire that I don't want this anymore. I'd have been happier with that. But then later on, Thor's going to see things that we don't know what that's telling us. It's messy. It's really messy. I'm sure this all means something and I'm sure that there are people who've watched this film who've got it straight away if there's something to get. They've gone, no, what that's trying to tell us is this. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I think it's a sign of I think it's studio arguing. I think they wanted to, you know, the, any time they can get Hayley Etwell back on the screen and evoke the 1940s with cap they'll do it. So they're happy to take that. But I don't think they've really thought through what it's for.
2: It seems rushed.
0: Yeah, I think it does. But they're able to take, they apprehend Strucker and they take the scepter, don't what
1: they? What a waste. I mean, what, I mean, modern day Nazis, come on. like. And I feel your frustration, Chris. It's like, you know, is, he's, he's got a monocle and everything. It's like, oh, come on. Like, mm. You know. I, 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 I don't know, like, you know, maybe it's just the old fashioned of me, you know, just something a bit of throwback. I don't
2: know. Sure. It does seem like a total waste.
1: But yeah, but it's but it's complete wasting. Oh, right, well he have, like, some role? And then he's in, like, a couple of scenes. He, he gets a line delivered to him to say, well, stop him. And, he, and they go, well, it's the Avengers. It's like, how can you, you know, kind of like, well, <laughs> do it. And um, and then he he kind of he kind of has a scene with um, Cap and he just gets knocked out straight away and then he's killed off screen.
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a strange way to structure a film because the big sort of the big bad Hydra are it appears completely defeated in the first two minutes of the film. They've now got an infinity stone. And yes, there is some hint at these twins having something, but that's about it. They head home, and it's like celebration time. They, if they'd stopped there, they you know they've got to build a threat from scratch, starting about fifteen minutes into this film. That's strangely structured, it really is. Having said that, I quite like some of the next few bits. They um, they basically head back to the sort of Avengers Central, don't they? You know, the the Stark Tower. Yeah, and yeah, oh, all of this. St- Sorry, go.
1: No, go. On, I was just it, sort of he got start basically sort of working out like what to do with like taking his Jarvis idea but expanding it. We are basically to make Ultron essentially, um, and he works with um, Banner. Banner. Yeah,
0: again, a bit pulled out of his ass. He learnt this in the last film, you know, that you can't legislate for every single threat, mm. but he's forgotten it already. He's had that, and that and then he finds it. Yeah.
2: Seems there's, very convenient.
0: There's an intelligence in it. Well, that's handy as well. Effectively, that intelligence basically takes over Jarvis.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things And all like, of
0: that is happening while they're off partying. Sorry, so, go on.
1: Yeah, uh, in, in, in his mind, he's thinking, I'm, I've thought of every way possible to make like a fail-safe type thing where this will happen, and it does. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. crap. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he basically wakes up while he's not there and and, and basically sort of takes over Jarvis and starts, like, going into the system.
0: Yeah, but even he has a look through the sort of all the files and he sees the peace in our time thing and he gets the idea that he's got to eradicate humanity. Humanity are the threat. And again, there's there's some good ideas in that, but it's an idea that's fleshed out in about 30 seconds. Well, it's, it's, from, ba- it's basically Cybernet. From waking up... Oh,
2: yeah, it's essentially Cybernet. From waking up
0: right? to deciding humans are the threat to taking over Jarvis is less than a minute mm. of screen time. It's Cyberdyne, yeah. Yeah. Skynet you're thinking of. Cyber. Skynet, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, a little bit. They, you know, that they basically, um, yeah, they preemptively retaliate effectively Skynet, don't they? That's, mm. that's what effectively happens. They fire to stop us firing on them, so they have to fire on us sort of thing. Yeah, it's exactly the same principle, and it's really stupid. But the next bit's okay.
1: Yeah, because they are like, having fun.
0: They're having fun, which is the one thing Whedon's really good at, although we do see the start of this romance. So, I mean, she looks wonderful here. There's, there's, mm. I mean, they really do photograph um, Natasha well here. But all of a sudden, like, Banner's flirting with her, and it's like, what's happening here then? It
2: always seemed, yeah, they romance- to, to me it always seemed like a bit of an odd pairing as i say because of the winter soldier i would pair her more with with steve with cap but i think the previous avengers kind of movies had kind of um tried to i don't know tried to kind of like mesh them together and tried to kind of thread a weave a thread of romance between them um as if like she was the only one who can kind of bring him down to earth as it were but yeah i'm a little bit like hmm okay
1: I just thought of like expect doing this unearned romance. It's like, it's like in many ways <laughs> really she's, together. she together. Yeah, she's like, she's perfect for you. It's like really, I could really fucking tell. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's the only one who could ever understand you.
0: Well, Inspector, you could at least tell where they were getting the general idea from because you go, well, she's the daughter of an assassin
2: yeah of course uh and yeah, she's been like...
0: she's been taken all over the world with this, you know, and had to be taught to defend herself if anyone's gonna understand the way James Bond thinks, then it would be her. The execution was bloody awful, but you get the yeah. general idea yeah uh I the don't know i mean what what is Banner? you think well, he's a bookworm, isn't he mm. I he's, don't he's an academic. Whereas Natasha is a get, out she's smart, but she's a get out there and do it, which is completely different. She's very much a cynic. She's more I,
2: practical.
0: I don't, I don't see these two together at all. It doesn't Can work. They
2: say the opposites attract, so you never know.
0: Well, it's not that. I don't think it's even that we're saying they're not alike. I don't think it's even that. I think it's they just, they just don't fit. It, it, they does, don't fit. Does it
1: also like uh, what's? Uh, it, Who's is it? Is it? Is it? Well, I was gonna say Peggy then, but it's um, who's Banner's love interest? Betty. Betty. Betty Ross.
0: Yeah. Betty. Um, that was
1: it. Yeah. Does it kind of like just shut on that, that? idea. they've too. just
0: written that film out of existence, haven't they? Really? They have. I mean, they haven't because Thunderbolt Ross turns up again in a uh, yeah. two films time. Two films time. A bit longer than that. No, yeah, it is yeah, two, films two films time. Yeah. He turns. He turns into a Civil War. So the film still exists and it's still in continuity, but no one mentions Betty anymore. And you think, well, why not? I mean, it can't be an age thing because, like, Mark Ruffalo's like fifty now. There's there's no reason no. You, couldn't, you couldn't have Liv Tyler there at forty two or whatever she is. He looks like a, it. Yeah, he does. Oh <laughs> well, sort of. He's he Hollywood doesn't.
2: actors and their genes. I don't know.
0: He does and he doesn't. I mean, obviously if you keep your hair and dye it the right colour, it looks okay. But yeah, I mean, he's, he, he, he kind of, I do believe that he's that age. It, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I don't know why Betty Ross has just been written out of all of this. I don't know. I guess having said that, I complain all the time about overstuffing these films. If you tried to cram Betty Ross in as well, that might be a bit difficult.
1: I mean, I'm not saying that they have to I mean you don't cram like, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow or, um, or what's her face, uh, Jane, um,
0: Pepper. Yeah, well... Um, or, or Jane Foster, yeah.
1: Yeah, or, or, or Jane Foster. They just mention to. it, and it's, it's it's not a case of, like, oh, we have to see it, we have to have scenes we're in. It's just um, the idea that that's his girl, that, that's that's the love for his life, and the only reason why he can't be with her is he's the Hulk, and he's still searching for that cure, or or whatever, or try so he can actually... But
0: she's still out there, she's still a bit bit of what's driving him forward yeah
1: Yeah. and it's just so 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 he just kind of like spits in the face of that and probably that maybe like piss off like fans as well thinking like hang on this is fucking right
0: (laughs) what are banners goals if you take her away as well yeah because by this point he's you know yeah he's got this the character as told in this story wants natasha yeah that's fair enough but he sort of doesn't want her too because he thinks it's too fucking risky Because, you know, apparently it's because, you know, he shags it 200 beats a minute. (laughs) So, can't take the risk. So, if he's not going to be romantically driven, I sometimes wonder how and why he's there. But, because he's scared of letting this beast out most of the time anyway. Mm. You know, um, even though he's got a bit more control over it these days. So... It's all rather confusing, but uh, it's, it's a well-done scene. I mean, less so on the small screen, but on the big screen, there was a real allure there in her and the way she was talking to her. She knows how to work a camera, certainly. Yeah. But And all the funny stuff that follows is good fun. They're just trying to lift Thor's hammer, which is
1: funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's in that sort of really good, like, casual sense that, like, part the, they're not really acting, really. Just, they're just literally just being themselves, having a laugh. But I do, I do love the fact that when it comes to Steve, it does move just a little bit. <laughs> it's tiny, isn't it? Because yeah. I
0: remember reading a plot synopsis or something that said he moves it a bit. And I'm thinking, oh, that's good. My first thought was, that's going to be kind of cheesy. And then when I saw it, was almost imperceptible.
1: But it's a it look on Hemsworth's face though, the, isn't
0: it? Uh, the tiny amount he moves that is perfect. Because mm. Hemsworth's face is a, a picture. But then Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth has been the best thing in these films for a long time. I don't think Thor necessarily is, but Hemsworth is. It's, it's all good fun, this. I, I got, because the overall film isn't that great, whenever I see these sorts of things, I do think of things like Ocean's Twelve, where I think they're more interested in meeting up for a laugh than making a film. Yeah. But actually it's not that bad. There's a pretty cohesive plot there. I did find it funny, fucking Rody trying to tell his story and no one gives a shit because they're the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, that's And, nothing and then, that then he impressive. goes and
1: tells people who aren't Avengers and they all
0: He has to go and find some other people and then it does work and he's like boom and you know. All of that's pretty good. Stanley's cameo's a bit a little bit over the top, but it's funny really pissed off the tiniest amount of drink and Excelsior and all that shit. It's not bad. It's not bad. The only problems I've had so far really are that that opening action sequence wasn't great. That sort of Iron Legion Tony's got of all those robots. I'm still not sure about. It's like how much of it's still this problem I had with Iron Man 3. How much is uh, Iron Man, the man And the suit as a combination. How much is it of a fleet of everything, but it's basically your intelligence and thought processes? And how much is the man not actually that important? And the more and more suits, costumes, uh, robots we see that Tony Stark isn't physically in, the more it cheapens all of it, frankly. Mm. Um, So I'm not fond of that. But at this point, I was quite happy because this sequence was funny. And actually... All we'd heard so far, I think all we heard was a little bit of Ultron's voice kind of lazily, because mm-hmm. it was like he'd just waking up, really. Um, so, th- I, you felt like a little hint of coming threat. So I was quite happy at this point. The party gets interrupted by Ultron, doesn't it? Yeah, it's
1: like, uh, well, I think the party's finished but they're just like, you know, crashing out and then Ultron comes along. Yeah. Uh, you know, which just like a big part of the trailer when you start of quoting Pinocchio, uh, so I've got no strings. It's been okay, with that wasn't yeah,
2: in, yeah. in, in, in the trailer, There are no strings much, on me. Yeah, there are no strings on me. Like in the trailer that was I need to that that our trader
0: but i I changed them. I changed my mind. It's not going to. I
2: think be that. I think you a little bit of
0: a little bit of a little bit of a little bit But a little bit of a the bit of a little 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 bit of a i don't care i don't know who this guy really is he's just come out with a load of cliche dialogue we don't really know what he wants and we're underway straight away I, I by I the want... time
2: we kind of they tried to introduce him i kind of feel that this film is is it's quite busy like there's enough going on without claw i mean he's I do, it's like i, I do love because like, as an actor i think he's he's amazing um and all, all those innovations in the field of makeup is, is just superb but I just kind of feel like, as good as he is here, we don't need him. It's too busy already.
0: No, I mean, he's—they—they they try to write it into the plot because basically that's straight where we go next. After this battle, he takes the scepter and he goes to—he um, uh, goes to—he goes to, uh, he goes to um, Sokovia. Recruit, yeah, Sokovia. Does he? Does he go there first? No, he recruits the maximos first, doesn't he? Yeah. And then he goes. Then he goes to see Claw. And it doesn't say Wakanda. I don't think it is, but it's in Africa somewhere.
2: Yeah, yeah that's yeah, so we, not, not revealed at the stage. He
1: goes to uh, he goes to he recruits the the Maximoffs, and then uh, he kills off Strucker. But we don't see right. it. We see it like in a in like a little.
0: Yeah, I don't remember it. Do. Oh right, okay, brilliant.
1: Yeah. You don't see it, it's just like going like oh
0: uh... Well it never it never stuck. I've seen this film countless times and I could never remember that's what happened. Yeah. Alright, fair enough. So then he goes to get he wants vibranium, doesn't he? And Claw is kind of a black market trader in it. Mm-hmm. And at this stage we don't truly know how much vibranium there is in the world. With it's meant to be a very rare substance. We find out a little different in a few films time.
1: See, it's just it's just I think when you compare Andy Serkis character Claw here to how he is in Black Panther. You just think, f- fucking hell, like, I mean, he's basically playing the same character, but it just, it's used so much better in Black yeah, Panther. Yeah, I would agree. Like, he, you know, in, Black, in Black Panther, he's clearly having f- fucking time, and has memorable lines, and, like, gets memorable lines. He's moments. got memorable
0: lines, he's funny, he's got, like, his arm it's it's so bent much better So yeah. much better. Here, it just stood out. It was almost like a cameo given to to somebody needlessly famous just judging on the size of his role in this film Andy Andy Serkis is too familiar to us do you know what I mean it was like Mm -hmm. why have they got Andy Serkis to do this and you go and then it was pointed out he's a Black Panther antagonist and it was around here they cast Chadwick Boseman again for years down the line but they cast him and I thought oh well that's it then he's obviously going to be a big big time antagonist in that film Hmm. We'll get to that.
2: <laughs> we'll get there in
0: the end. All this build-up completely wasted. Marvel don't get a lot wrong. Now they get they're about to get some stuff wrong. I, I, I say like this is like
2: one of the it's Main means kind of scripts really. It's not, not not even a screw up, but just a little bit where they go, yep. It is just, really it's a brain fart.
0: But the action sequence here, I fucking hate. It it starts with really shit banter between like Stark and fucking uh, Ultron. So it's lots of junior and all that shit. And it's got those, it, but this whole action sequence coming up has that kind of, all those little Whedon stings I don't like, putting silly little funny bits in the humour, like where, in the action, like where uh, Pietro tries to grab like Thor's hammer and gets taken with it. Never yeah. found that funny. Where um, Barton, you know, hits someone behind him. And, you know, it, I just think I've that, that's been done to death. It was done to death in the Blade films as well. Years before this, so I I just didn't really like any of this. And really, the one thing that rescues this whole section of the film obviously is she gets inside Banner's head, Wanda. But before we get to that, it's worth mentioning what does happen to Claw here. He loses an an arm, uh, he takes oh,
1: he's got an arm off, he's got an arm off, yeah. You're telling me, is that and Raxi does not bleed to death, (laughs) like, he's not like.
0: Like, I'm sure that'll be fine he's almost apologetic Ultron because he cuts it off in a bit of a temper he's yeah. just filled his bank account so now Claw is super rich and has one arm which is effectively I think his his origin story but yeah a bit of a waste for a character that ended up wasted in Black Panther as well although there you go um, it's, but it's, Hulk, it's
1: almost like we didn't really need this bit like really we could have just introduced him in Black Panther and then that was it
0: well, actually, we, we need all we need
1: to know from it, Black Panther. Really.
0: It, it, well, it seems to be a big way. Yes, I agree with that. But the whole sequence seems to be a way to get um, the Hulk going mental. Yeah. That's what this is.
1: It's setting up for the Hulkbuster scene.
0: Which is was in all the trailers and, you know, the bit where the sort of bigger version of the Iron Man helmet sort of closes over his head and all that. This was um, This was good, though. I had fun with this. This was, um, And you can tell he's immediately got something in his head because his eyes are red. The Hulk's eyes are bloodshot, really. And all the skin around his eyes is kind of puffy. He's kind of like, he's not of his own mind at all. And he's raging around. And, of course, Stark goes after him with Veronica, which is the um, sort of space-based suits, the Hulkbuster suit. Uh, And they have a big fight on the streets of Africa somewhere.
1: I, I get, I like, it had lots of cool stuff. Like, I like the idea, like, the suit, all different Iron Man suits to deal with the Hulk and things like that. And there was parts of it that was quite funny when he's, like, sort of bashing him, go, go sleep, go sleep, go sleep.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, and sorry. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. Part, <laughs> no. part. I mean, like, you know, parts of me were thinking, like, thinking of the shades of, like, Man of Steel, where they're just ploughing through. But it, it does try and, like, sort of make a point of, like, Always this is area populated, okay, and he does save the people and lift and whatnot, so. But it was like, okay, this is just like needless destruction. Um, and I kind of. I don't know, again, it's like the entire film it's like. I I kind of just sort of zone out. I just think, oh, this is alright then. Rather than like thinking, oh my god, that's amazing. And I don't know what it is.
0: I don't know if it's just like my. I think it's My just, the, film it's just like... the film's not going well at this point. It, it, it's a decent action sequence at the end of a not-so-good action sequence at the end of a load of setup for a character in Ultron that we don't really have any real insight to, into at the moment other than he's effectively a programming error.
1: So you think uh, possibly that the film could have done with less action and more character build-up? So the action means to me.
0: Yeah, that's always the case. I think they see, you know, I think as much as the next two team films are better, I think when they were planning things like Civil War, that set piece at the airport would have been almost the first thing into their minds, and I think there is a degree of reverse engineering around action sequences. I think they wanted the Hulk and Iron Man to have a fight. Yeah. And most of the build-up from the point where Ultron announced himself to then has been to get to there. I think there's an element of... I don't know how much they thought of the forward Hulk storyline because Hulk obviously goes missing at the end of this film. And the next time we see him, is Thor Ragnarok. And I know that Feige and Ruffalo have talked a couple of times about how they're not going to do solo Hulk films, but they so what they've done is talk about what the arc for the character would be if they could, and try to put them in here where they can. And I am wondering if this is part of that, that they actually wanted Hulk to go at one of his colleagues in a hugely populated area as character development for, like, Banner, or to give Banner something to think about afterwards. I'm not sure. But there's still a part of me that thinks it was just a cool shot for the trailer, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I get that impression as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of sort of scenes. I kinda of, it's one of those films where the trailer is better than the film. Like all the cool shots, or all the cool action sequences and all the, the hero the hero shots and the lines. There are no strings on me I'm in the trailer and then the That rest is of the film a cool is just like,
0: line and it's put in slightly discordant as well, isn't it? There are Mm. no strings. So you got that. You have got the party where they're trying to lift the hammer. You have got Hulk and Iron Man having a fight. Um, Yeah, you can see how you cut a really good trailer for this, don't Mm. can't you?
2: You really can, but I kind of get the impression that the trailer is better than the film. (laughs) Yeah, everyone's really
1: excited by 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 the trailer as well. By by seeing the shots of it, I was was like, oh my god, it's going to be
2: amazing. Yeah, I definitely, especially having like... Spader as the villain as well, you know, this really versatile actor, and you just you, think, oh, he's a bit, bit thought, short-changed by it all.
1: You know what I thought the problem with um, Spader is he's got a really good voice, but I think you lose something when you hide against a, uh, that titty robot aesthetic. He's sure. All, he's almost, like, doing, like, a Darth Vader, where it's like, like through metal. i right, through <laughs> And I think that, that kind of just... Shaves off the quality of the of the delivery, uh, and what, I thought, the what C- what's... I
0: thought the CG of the final Ultron looked shit as well. Oh,
1: well, he's, Again, got a tra- it, well, he's got got transformer really mouth,
0: so- yeah, kind of like shiny and waxy. The CG's not bad. The the but, CG's but... never particularly bad in Marvel, but it's it's not always absolutely tip top either. It's always like okay,
1: yeah. And I thought Ultron was okay. I just kept thinking he's got you know that Optimus Prime off where it kind of like it's that metal but it still moves like lips well, yeah just there's still a
2: that, bit like metallic
0: aspect to it I mean I don't know how far we are into the film at this point but you know half hour 40 minutes whatever it might be but I already feel like it's misselling yeah. Age of Ultron we've had the first 10 <laughs> to 15 minutes Miss of the Alder film Hill, had all to do with him and now since then it's been like he, he's being set up as a single film antagonist it's completely obvious that's the case um, there is something to do with this Infinity Stone that's going to matter at some point, we think, probably. But Age of Ultron, just it just gave it this epic feel coming out of the Avengers. Whedon's return after three years. A really good phase two, by and large. Certainly the two films, two to three films that led into this. Well, two films really, isn't it? certainly mm. the, the 2014 releases you thought my god they're on an upswing and here we go the epic second avengers film and actually it's a total so what storyline with a so what antagonist um and that's really the problem and things get pulled out of their ass because they're team-up films and you don't have time to develop anything properly so the next thing is we head to we, we find out barton's got a family
2: yeah. Yeah. This is a
0: bit random, isn't it? It's great. It's lovely. And going forward, I think that adds something because I, I, I bet a fortune that in the fourth Avengers film, they've been killed in the snap.
2: Probably.
0: Yeah. Um, I, would so, I, I, I would
1: say definitely.
0: <laughs> it's pretty. It's It's pretty clear from the trailer that you know very few, if any, of them have survived. So he's now hard. He's
2: going to come back in and be like.
0: The idea of him as a family man, as he's a character that's never been developed beyond his attachment to Romanoff No. Um, I think is a really good thing. But there's just something very abrupt that you only get in team ups. It's a bit like in Civil War, where you open a van door and there's Ant Man, and it's suddenly like, "Oh, Ant Man's here! All right, away we go then." Okay. And it's the same here. It's like, "Here's my family. All right, brilliant." You know, I mean, I, I just think there's something very abrupt to that sort of thing.
1: I think it's like, oh, it does add something to um to his character that he uh, is a bit more like has a bit of a private aspect to him, like he like you know I. I've got me running around seeing the world kind of stuff but when I'm at home I'm like in the middle of nowhere in the cabin with, with my wife and kids and that's how I like it. So the yeah. idea of him actually going back, go back to his wife's house is like cause it's, it's like in the middle of nowhere without any technology away from Ultron while they're trying to figure
0: what to do. But they'll still have internet and stuff and basically they've told us early in the film Ultron's effectively in the internet. Yeah, That's how he can skip from one like being to another. Uh, I mean, they've set up a problem they and they in can't solve it. Oh, <laughs> uh, basically, he's omnipotent and omnipresent. Ultron should be like everywhere in everything. As the fi- the premise on which the film has presented him, he would be unbeatable, unless you switched off the world's internet. Because mm-hmm. the guy is everywhere and would be able to find them everywhere. Um, so none of that makes sense. But I do like the fact that. It, it adds something to Barton. They've even thought through what sort of environment he lives in. You know, he doesn't live in a New York apartment or something, and mm-hmm. that's right and proper. Um, and they've given him a family of like real feeling people. Um, Try to think of the lady who plays her wife. She was also in um, yeah. Oh, Lin- Linda Cardellini. She was. Um, she, she, was, was she was in She was in. She was in those Scooby Doo films, but she was mm-hmm. also in. Um, You've heard me talk about Ben Mendelssohn in a film in a TV series called Bloodline before. Bloodline was about four siblings and she was the sister. There were three brothers and a sister. And the eldest sibling was Danny, and that was Ben Mendelssohn. And Linda Cardellini was like the sister. Carl Chandler was one of the other ones. And I I don't think the other guy's really that well known. Um and they've just cast a real person. So I, I I like this, but I don't. It's just it's it. Nothing Ultron makes any sense. They've they've rushed it. They've picked one of their legacy characters in Ultron and tried to make a film around it that doesn't make any sense at all. You do have to like introduce everybody really abruptly. So Claw came out of nowhere and disappeared just as fast. And it's the same with Barton's family. That said, I really like the change of pace. I really like this sort of farmhouse I I kind of like this the film needed this for a second Mm
2: -hmm. yeah it's kind of like a breathing point really isn't it I must say that was kind of like if any scene stands out for me it will be the scene where they go to see Clint's family
1: (laughs) well this is where this the well this is like the bit where they all have to uh have a chat and kind of,
2: It gives you a bit of time to breathe, doesn't it? I well, think.
1: it's kind of like get the bearings and kind of like, you know, say their piece about things. You know, it's like at this point, the point like at Jarvis's throats because they're pissed off at Tony for basically making Ultron. Mm. So you, you have to like, it, it's it's coming to that terms of like getting the team back together, you know, getting back on the same page.
0: Oh, and obviously Tony later will need a new assistant. So he doesn't have Jarvis. He has Friday, an Irish female.
2: Is Man Friday or Woman Friday?
0: Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> um, so, it's what have we Friday. got from here? Thor, Thor disappears because he's been having those images. So he goes off to see like Selvig or something. Um We don't get anything more from that really at all. It's again. No, it doesn't really go very far, does it? Yeah. Well, apparently, I, th- I can't remember which way round it is. I think Whedon didn't want that stuff in the studio, did, and they've ended up with this half-assed halfway house. Hmm. I mean to be fair, if if a studio can create this much havoc and still get something as watchable as this, where Justice League has somebody with a John Major top lip and, you know, two completely incompatible storylines in it, you think, well, Marvel on their worst day is still pretty good, aren't they? But
1: I think competent is the word you're looking for.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. I mean they've they this film. It's competent, other we can see. There's issues here. Nick Fury arrives. Um, now, what does Nick give them apart from like being pleased to see him? Anything or nothing? I can't um, remember what. It,
1: it... He just comes and gives a pet talk, really, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't see what what he was there for apart from oh, well, we got Samuel L. Jackson under a, a contract still. Well,
1: he, yeah. <laughs> Well, he he comes back with the you know, the old you know um, uh, hanger. Yeah. Aircraft anger. Um, but I'm, yeah, I, can't, I can't remember what he actually does
0: alright fair enough earlier in the film Barton got injured um, and they've got this sort of skin creating technology that this, uh, this they, one of their sort of doctors was using mm. um, and basically at this point Ultron gets hold of her because he wants him to build he wants her to build him a body and I just thought this was pushing it a bit too far.
1: So it, so it, it, must, it mustn't be that Ultron can actually... He can't get in the internet. He can only get into... He can only sort of like build robotic bodies that he can actually flitch into, essentially.
0: Well, he could switch from drone to drone before. You shot one drone, he was suddenly a different one. Yeah. I um, thought he was effectively in the internet, but maybe not.
1: I mean, you'd think that, because that's, that's what the assumption you have.
0: But um... Well, it actually makes less sense if he isn't. You think, well, he's in this closed loop here, or, or whatever. So yeah. basically, he is now trying to get... Uh, using the Scepter, which has a Infinity Gem in We don't know what that gem does or why, but it's magic. And if you fire some stuff in it, it will build him a body. And then Ultron will upload himself into it, and he'll have effectively a permanent... Um, form but at the same time uh the twins are there and wanda can read that he has um because she can read minds again bit like vision later on not a completely consistent skill set but she can read minds at times and apparently uh he she realizes that he he wishes harm on the earth i think she gets an image of like some kind of asteroid smashing into earth well, that's what it looks like, but I think it's meant to be some explosion on Earth that's going to be Ultron wiping us out. So the Maximovs turn against him. Yeah, because that'll he, be his but...
1: plan of like of um, of lifting up that um... Is it so- Sokovia and dropping it. That was it. That yeah.
0: Was... Oh, that's what that would be. They drop. They take it to quite a height, don't they? Mm. I never linked that, even though it's bloody obvious. Okay. <laughs> Um. So the Maximoffs have turned against Ultron, and then the Avengers basically need to go and take this body back. I can't remember how they learn about this body, but they go they go after it on the streets of some city somewhere. In the they figure out
1: the. I think they kill all vital. Uh, I think Doctor Chow gives them a heads up. She's not entirely hypnotised by it. Yeah. Um, or something, or something along those lines, and then.
0: Um, and then it's a big straight through the streets and there's something too comfortable about this and i think it's because whedon has to get so many quips in that you immediately undercut tension when people can talk to each other very calmly at racing speed on bikes yeah so there's a bit where she's on a bike racing against traffic at hell of a speed and she's going always picking up on after you guys and she says that yeah. Col- it's
1: been lost on that
0: <laughs> yeah but she says it at the cold speaking volume of all i was just wasn't finding any of this particularly exciting mm. and i don't know why because it's 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 the avengers doing what the avengers do i think half of it is i'm not remotely interested in this ultron character and this all seems really contrived build me a body really I thought, I, I know they've got a little bit of technology beyond us, but really. Um, so there's this whole business of trying to get this. What is it? It's kind of almost like a big coffin, isn't it? That's got this artificial body building inside yeah. it. That Ultron is effect- effectively going to upload his mind into. So they need to steal this, yeah. And that's what it is. They're trying to steal it off a, off a. Is it a lorry basically? Yeah, it's a lorry a truck.
1: That yeah. Ultron makes fly because jets, and then they they manage to get it onto onto one of their um, crafts. But um, that widow do gets captured by Ultron. Right. And, and it's also you got like the bit on the subway train where Cap and the Romos try and stop the the subway train. Except fight with Ultron, Ultron kind of cut, like basic causes it to. Um, go off, go off the rails and non-stop, so that's where the roam start to yeah, start to save people
0: Right Yeah, the upshot of, obviously the upshot of all of this though is they get hold of that casket get it back to like, wherever it needs to go I'm assuming it's like Avengers Tower and Tony wants to have a sort of another go turning it into something and I just think no, nobody in this film is fucking learning anything, <laughs> and it's just kind of annoying. Uh, so he, upload, he, he he uploads Jarvis into it, doesn't he? Mm. Into this into the body. So that's effectively the beginnings of Vision. But they can't get it to um, they can't get it to like work properly and effectively. Thor comes in, summons lightning, and basically aims that at the box, and out pops Vision which in the context of this film I hated this character it's not been so bad in the films that are followed because they've played up the sort of English gentleman side of him and things like that and made him kind of funny but in this film
1: like not quite natural he doesn't quite know what, like, how to fit in with everything he,
0: he doesn't fit with everything again it's pulled out of nowhere we've got this new character that wasn't even thought of two fucking screen minutes ago um and when we get to the when we get to it in a, in a while he's ridiculously overpowered i mean the the ultron of this film is absolutely unbeatable he can just do everything so it wasn't great it was nice where he sort of sees everyone and then forms himself a cape and things like that to fit in and they don't know what to make of him and then try you know, try not to touch him or mm-hmm. bother him there's things I like about it, but it's effectively Jarvis in in a sort of quasi-human form, sort of.
1: And now it looks like Paul Bettany.
0: And it looks like Paul Bettany.
1: But with a red face. <laughs> but with a red
2: face.
0: So where do we go from there? We're, we're building towards the final act now, because they've got to go and sort of rescue Natasha. And basically go and stop whatever's going to happen in Sokovia and I don't know really where Sokovia comes from in all of this I don't know why Sokovia particularly, do you?
1: Um, I've no idea, I think it's just like
2: a place
0: Pick a place
2: Yeah, yeah. you pick a location, let's go there
0: It's just like, you know because bearing, bearing in mind to us, the viewer it's a made up place anyway so it's mm. like, who gives a shit even you know, if it was London, we'd go, fucking hell what are they doing? Yeah. But anyway.
1: I, I guess given what actually happens, well I don't know, that doesn't stop films completely destroying cities anyway. Um mm-hmm. but there's like less repercussions on that. It's like if you if you completely just destroy um, a fictional place, well no one's gonna go, Oh fucking hell. Well yeah, you can't go to London now or whatever, you know, All like right. you still go to New yeah. York or London or LA okay. or
0: Okay, fair enough. But that, the whole thing he's gonna lift the capital city uh, skywards, drop it, and it will cause, like, a, you know, it's like an asteroid hitting or something. It's mm. going to destroy the Earth. Um, Banner gets uh, Romanoff out, and he's like, Our oh, battle's done, let's get out of here. Yeah, She kisses him and then pushes him off the side of something just so he hulks out. That was a ropey effect in the cinema where he jumps back up as the Hulk and lands. That looks terrible. It's all right on the small screen, though. But again, he's got control of the Hulk, even though he's been forced into it. Yeah. It's Little things like that, that I just think the film's gone, oh, whatever. And it's just <laughs> a tight, oh, whatever. You know? Yeah, well, as he's falling, oh, shit, I, I better do it myself. <laughs>
1: yeah, halfway down, he's gone,
0: oh, right. Um, uh. <laughs> yeah. I had to think quickly. And here we go into a very, very long action sequence i don't i don't know if i've got the patience to talk through every beat of it really they're mm-hmm. lifting they're lifting this thing ready to drop it and then they all they're all fighting these endless drones of like uh, ultron's army which again is star wars episode one standard there are heli carriers arriving at some point with with uh various sort of shield yeah. people to evacuate people uh pietro's killed By a bullet at some point, I think he's shielding um, Hawkeye, Uh, and I didn't care, didn't like the character, wasn't interested, couldn't care. He gave well, he 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 built
1: up like this kind of like uh, not tension, but this rivalry between the two he kept like they kept like sort of uh, taunting each other. So uh, there was always going to be that dynamic, and he ends up actually saving him.
0: Right, uh, it's like you know. I mean, door... he he gives. I mean, I cringed. He gives Wanderer a pep talk, talk at one point. If you go out there, you are an Avenger. Yeah, and I cringed. I, j- I, I have no arrow. This doesn't make sense. I, I, on first viewing, I cringed at that. I just thought that is one of the laziest fucking pep talks I've ever heard. It, I, I've never liked that anyway. I've talked about it before. You watch anything where like, I don't know, um, an army are getting riled up before a battle. You know, will, our names will echo in Eternity and all that kind of shit. I've always hated that. This is Sparta. I hate it. <laughs> and this this is a smaller, quieter version of the same thing. And I think, what are they trying to achieve with this? Are they trying to pep up the audience as well? Are they trying to get us going, yeah, come on, get out there yeah, and get Yeah, her.
1: that's exactly it. I it, mean...
0: It's I... a poorly delivered speech that wouldn't do anything to anyone. And it's to a character we don't care about.
1: What? Thing, the thing that gets me about those sort of things is no one ever says lines like, you're an Avenger. Even the Avengers, even you took them literally, I bet none of them rarely referred to themselves as Avengers. No, you know, no. And, and, no, and, no and, and, and it's like, I, I, I imagine like the meeting after like, she decides to join them and everyone's going like, um, we didn't approve this. Uh, well, I mean, I... Could, I, could, I, could I said um, it was okay? The, <laughs> and like, Really?
0: Point. Yeah, because he said at one point, he said, I'll oh, get it back out there because it's my job. And I suddenly thought, job? Do they get paid for this then? Yeah, hold on a minute. <laughs> uh, how, how does this actually work? And I thought, this the film's not taking me. I'm sat here thinking about the contractual arrangements of the Avengers. <laughs> how do they get paid? I'm if, honestly sat there If only if you said duty. Uh, uh, are they there on a two-year contract? Is it a rolling contract? And at the end, when Steve goes Avengers and it cuts out, I'm going... But when, when did they decide they were going to use that? Because in the first film, where he says Earth's Might is heroes, he looks embarrassed. Tony Stark, Starky, mm, yeah. Avengers, you know, type thing. That's what we call ourselves, kind of, A bit embarrassing, you know.
1: Oh, also, also, the film ends on the shittest lineup as well. I,
0: think... I know, I know. <laughs> I know, I know. I was expecting fucking Zippy from Rainbow to be one of them. <laughs> was
1: uh,
2: about...
0: Yeah, Zip. Z- Zippy, George, and Bungle, Sooty, and Sweep metal Mickey. Rosie and Jim. <laughs> Rod Jane and Freddy Oh
2: no. And Vision. Morph. And Vision. Um, yeah. And Bungle.
0: Morph. <laughs> oh, wouldn't you love it if Morph was an And Avengers. sound
2: and vision. Um,
0: I just yeah, it does. But um joking aside, I'm I'm being funny, but I I mean it. Mm. At this point in the film I was genuinely thinking about the Avengers contractual arrangements. <laughs> it
2: was so boring. Which means I
0: was bored. I don't They're like outside pe- the film. I don't like pep talks because I sometimes think I mean in employment pep talks only tend to work on the very inexperienced or not very bright. I mean I remember my father was a salesman and years years into his career he he took a job that was a bit beneath him and he was round a lot of very young salesmen and women, salesmen and women and they were they used to try and give them pep talks, but my dad sat there at like 50 odd years of age. And he was like, he'd say to me, the problem is that isn't going to work on me. And i I kind of think with stuff like this, there is a fract, there's a proportion of the audience that's getting pumped about it. And most of us are just like, I'll oh, get on with it.
2: No, it kind of goes over our heads. So.
0: I don't care. And this action sequence goes forever. And it's, it's far too linear. It's just basically a slow rising city. I, d- I just didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy any of it.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, look, I'm not one to complain about, like, you know, climactic actions. I know it's not your thing, Dave, but, no. I, I, but as I said before in the film, I do generally start to zone out in the action in this this time round. Yeah, but like,
0: you'll get an experience like me. You are. you are get an yeah, experience it, like it, I
1: do. I mean, I, I did feel a, a bit repetitive. Like, it was just mm. like. And, on, and, on. It, and it's it sounds... still
0: rising, and it's still rising, and they're going to try something else, and it's still rising.
1: Wait, um, well, I, t- I, I kind of like forgot what on, which part are we at now. Like, are we like are are they have they killed all the all the Ultron bots? Oh, no, there's more. Okay. Uh, you know,
0: but there was also an element of they were trying to build in... I just felt like my intelligence was being a little bit insulted. Mm-hmm. There was there was just an element in the film. They were having conversations about whether they sacrificed the people there or not. And you think, well, it's lovely to try and bring in these kind of like debates and shades of grey. They do it quite well, in my opinion, in things like Civil War. Certainly for a PG-13 film that's overstuffed anyway. Um, I think they do a pretty good job of going. This is Cat's point of view. This is Tony's point of view, and there's merit in both. Here, you think, well, you must think we're fucking idiots. That what, do we? You honestly think the audience think that that you're going to sacrifice that city? You're not. You're not. There's no way you are. So why waste our time with it?
1: I I, I was thinking like, how the fuck did he are they are they le- legitimately going to do it? Like, other than do, like, a Superman and, and like, like, returns and just, like, lift it up into orbit and just send it to space. Yeah. Because, yeah. obviously, you think, well, that thing has to come down at some point. And yeah, yeah, no, I mean,
0: and there is some interest in the sort of mechanics of what's happening, certainly. But what I mean is, we, we've we had a pep talk to a, to a couple of the major characters who are brand new, so we, we don't really care. So, She can go out there or not go out there. I really don't give a shit. Where We've got, will these people die on a city we don't know? At least we have seen some of them. I've Mm. seen it done worse, but it wasn't done that well. And then they try and sell us this moral dilemma of the many versus the few. And genuinely think we're going to buy into, well, they'll have to just let the people in that city die. Well, that goes against everything a Marvel superhero is. A superhero film is, it's not going to happen is it? Yeah. So I just felt like my time was being wasted it was just quite, it was overlong and not that exciting and it's not that picturesque either, Sokovia itself looks like the, the the grottiest of like Eastern Europe, it might as well be like, um. it might as well be Chernobyl or something
2: mm. I was going to it say Hull, isn't very but, much but yeah sure. that, isn't it?
0: Well, Chernobyl or Hull you know <laughs> P- potato potato
2: or Salisbury <laughs>
0: Actually, really, been, free. Whole t- I've been to Hull City Centre and it's actually perfectly nice. But yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, was, wasn't it like city I've, I've never, I've
1: never been to Hull, <laughs> even, 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 even though I mock it.
0: Uh, all the money's gone into the town centre, so apparently some of the suburbs aren't that nice, but the town's okay.
2: I've never been either, but I would like to visit.
0: Would you really? It's on, um, it's, I, I, it's, apparently, it's city of
1: culture. List. Apparently, it won the award.
2: Well, this
1: is it. I'm not sure Are what what culture right? it has,
0: but.
2: <laughs> english uh, culture multicultural it was not?
0: fine when i went there anyway but yeah um so it, it wasn't the most attractive set piece full stop and all the little dilemmas and ideas they were trying to sell to us weren't really dilemma well that's not going to happen and i wouldn't worry about it but they do shatter it and stuff people do die because obviously we wouldn't get civil war if they didn't but mm. obviously it's It was looking at being either a worldwide travesty or a localised massive tragedy, and it was kind of neither. And, of course, it was going to be kind of neither. Hulk has managed to get into a Quinjet at one point. I can't remember what that was about. There was a... What were they trying to fly away with there? He he jumped in there to stop something because someone came flying out of it. Well, that was an Ultron, wasn't it? There was an Ultron flying that plane. The Quinjet Hulk nix.
2: That's the one, yeah.
0: So, yeah, he flies off and then refuses to speak to anybody. Uh, so no one knows where Hulk is at the end of this film. Vision meets the very last Ultron and just talks about what an unusual species humans are and says, you know, I was born yesterday and all that. I, yeah, couldn't get that excited by it, by this stage. That's more or less it, isn't it? The Avengers get themselves a new base. The one we're used to seeing in all the later films, sort of upstate. Yeah,
2: the ones we've seen so far.
0: Thor goes to Asgard to do to, to do some more book learning on everything that's happened. Stark says something about tapping out for a while. Barton goes home to do his wife. <laughs> uh, goes home to his children. And that leaves Steve and Natasha ready to uh, train the new Avengers from children's ITV (laughs) what a a, poundland iron man in roadie
2: oh that's a
0: bit hard vision who's been alive for about 24 hours some guy some some guy with no powers but some wings
2: (laughs) they are kind of literally split down the middle aren't they
0: literally one new wanders very powerful set
2: A and set B yeah but kind of new as well and Who? Wonder.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, But it's it's also like you got none of the, you got no one there who's that established. You got no No. big names left apart from Cap, and it's like well, Thor's buggered off, Iron Man's saying he's
0: buggered off, and Rhodey is what you get if you can't get Iron Man, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Iron Man Mark Two.
0: Well, literally, because that was based on the Mark Two armor.
2: Hmm. Quite literally, Uh, Mark Two.
0: Uh yeah, and that's it, and it finishes on. And I remember it getting a big laugh in the cinema. Don't know why. Where he went, Avengers, uh, and as he goes to say assemble, it cuts out. I don't know why that's meant what, to be a big thing. Wasn't
1: assemble in the trailers?
0: I don't know if it was in the trailers, but he goes to say Avengers assemble, and mm. it cuts out on. And it assemble. chops out, yeah. And the audience I was with fell about like it was the funniest thing ever.
2: <laughs> well, uh, I, I guess maybe because they don't really assemble, do they? Because they're, they're literally they Decadent and divided. Um, they divided, so they're kind of, they didn't really assemble, I guess. I don't and they're, know. And they're not assembling in the way or, they, want, or maybe, they want Or maybe they just in feel the like did. they
1: had slacks in and properly enjoyed themselves. <laughs> I, I've,
0: I've missed yeah, the probably. joke, whatever it was. I have missed that joke. But anyway. So that's it. This is uh, if you were
2: watching the film back in 2015. I mean, I know Aven- us know. <laughs> I know
0: Avengers Assemble was kind of their catchphrase. Yeah, I get that. And it cut it off in the middle. But like, I don't know. It's, like, it's May- not like I, I, I maybe, never... maybe
1: it's because like the previous one was Avengers Assemble. Like in the UK, it was called that, so that was yeah. kind of like a little dig at that.
0: What, like you twatty Brits?
1: <laughs> yeah, we. Do you mean that's all, all? I wouldn't blame like...
0: them. I refuse. I refuse to call it that because it... yeah. the trouble is, not only did they change the title, which I thought was stupid, but they changed it to something so inelegant. Mm. Avengers Assemble sounds awful as a title. Avengers disassembled. Well, it should have just been Marvel's the, the Avengers if you're worried about people thinking it's John fucking Steed.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it was, it was just it, so, to avoid... No one right, would have it, ever really, thought
0: so. that. You've got marketing campaigns as well. I am my own like, friends,
2: uh, there you are.
0: Yeah. Super, <laughs> how about super friends?
2: <laughs> super, yeah, no, I, going into that, I knew it was DC, but I thought, well, you guys are super, so...
0: Thank you very much.
1: I'm super, thanks for asking.
0: That, that, <laughs> the bear, like so mid, mid credits, Thanos opens a locker and says, "Not me, I just wash and go." <laughs> it was very like the wash and go advert. He
2: does look very good.
0: Oh, he, he reaches in, grabs the like Infinity Gauntlet, and says, "I'll just do it myself then." Uh, and three years later, he did. So I don't know what he just, but he must have just put that on his hand and then just gone yeah. off for three he's years. Seen,
1: we don't even see him get any more stones. It's not like a, a build up. It's like oh, he's got one. He always got another one now. It's like literally just like fine. So three <laughs> years later, up,
0: He's got one. He's got one. Uh, yeah. And a space for film. We get oh, some more. <laughs> he's just getting a second year. Oh well.
2: <laughs> oh well. <laughs>
0: So yeah, it's it's one of those films, just as final thoughts from me, every time I, I watch it, I kind of enjoy it just fine. It's alright. It's the weakest team-up by a distance, including Captain America Civil War. Uh, by a distance. I mean, it's just so much weaker than any of the rest of the team-ups. Um, everything there is kind of alright. Everyone's pretty good in it, but something's not working. There's, there's logic gaps here and there that aren't horrific. They aren't like, oh my god, but they are Something's not right there. Yeah, All the way through, something's not right there.
1: Why, why I, are those two I, there? I what does that mean? I just think that the heart wasn't in it, for whatever reason.
0: Yeah, it, it feels like The Dark Knight Rises in that regard, and that's the only way I'd ever liken those two films, because they're so different in tone and, and idea. But, you know, it, it's at the end of a, of a filmmaker's path with a property. Now, albeit it was only two films, but if he was that involved in all the phase two stuff, he might have exhausted himself before he got here. Mm. And I think also we saw it in phase one with some of the actors that they thought they were more important than they were. So Edward Norton, lauded Hollywood actor, says, I want to rewrite the script and I want this final cut and I want it to do this and I want this much money for the next film. And they say, bye then. Terrence Howard, you know, they said, well, we want to cut your salary. No, I'm not having it right. Well, bye bye then. And I think there's probably an element, probably, we don't, we can't know for certain, but there's an element of that with Whedon as well, that, you know, he has produced the Avengers for them. It's an unprecedented smash, and I don't just mean in money, I mean, it, I think it was the highest grossing superhero film at that time, but there'd been a couple of higher grossing films and, and so on, but... Just in terms of you know capturing the zeitgeist, it changed comic book films, the Avengers. It just changed, you know, we thought they were all going to be like, you know, the Dark Knight going forward and that's not what they are anymore. He goes into phase two and, you know, he's on the set of Guardians of the Galaxy helping make decisions and stuff like that. And I think it probably was a rude awakening to him when he got to this film and they said, and they said, we want this scene in. And he tried to say no and found out he didn't have complete creative control. You know, and when he wanted to take things out and they insisted on putting them in and vice versa, I I think this is a man who had not as much control as he thought he would have. And he's not enjoying himself here. And I think the end result shows that. But Bad Marvel, with a couple of exceptions, are the very worst they've done. And this isn't quite in the bottom two or three, um, is always enjoyable. And it's okay. Everyone in it's pretty good. The action's all right, story's okay. It keeps the plate spinning. We get a bit more Infinity Stone stuff, and of course the vision is created by an Infinity Stone that's now in his forehead, so where an Infinity Stone started the film is not where it ended the film. So in terms of setting up that chessboard of where everything is, a few of the pieces have been moved around again. So it serves a purpose, it does a decent job, it, the lasting legacy of this film probably was to give us a plot for Civil War, which is a much much better film, but it's okay.
2: Rebecca, mm. yeah, Becker. I think it, what I said at the beginning, that's kind of like sums up my final thoughts on it. Um, as I say, the man's name, I can't remember. Um, just reading, just reading. was very much the golden boy, yeah, going into this film, um, and as you said, Dave, by the end of it, perhaps less so. Um, i do kind of feel i do feel a bit bad for him um because he did you know had so much promise and i think from this you know he was he was to direct the next avenged films that, that we would see but i, I do agree that i think this film did did break him to a certain extent even you know he worked with many of the cast members before obviously creating um much ado about nothing literally in the in the interim um which is really enjoyable um just as a segue if, you know, if you're interested in Shakespeare or Shakespeare on screen, go and see it. It makes it really accessible, and it's shot in a really interesting way, but it's worth—it's a film well worth checking out, even if maybe you don't understand Shakespeare. It, it's worth um, checking
1: out, but I don't think it's, like, really well made or anything. It's literally just like, yeah, sure, just just film stuff at his house with his mates.
2: That's what makes it interesting, though. That's what makes it interesting, and that's what brings it, you know, really bang up to date. But anyway... Um, and i kind of feel that, it, that you know the film's production problems are all on the screen um it's kind of very choppy it doesn't flow um spader is wasted um all the best bits are in the trailer unfortunately and i kind of i, I do struggle with this film um, hopefully one day i'll have a good, a good experience of it but it's was, it was just too long too busy too much going on just not, not the avengers sequel that we were all hoping for unfortunately
0: yeah, it would almost have been better had it been like a third Avengers film rather than a second one in some respects. Do you know what I mean? It was following the Avengers and it was the first film after that 2014 double where they produced, you know, Captain America the Winter Soldier which was just superb but, you know, kind of serious and then this really playful Guardians film and you think they can do anything there and then they have produced this from, from Joss Whedon and I, I want to see what the future holds for him, because he's not very old, Joss Whedon. He, he's only in his 50s now. So he's got decades left to do things. But unfortunately, since this, he hasn't done very much. He, he came in to do something of a rescue job on Justice League. And like I say, I think that was a bit of a thankless task. Uh, he's not suited to working on Zack Snyder material anyway. No. And consequently, I I doubt he improved it any. I'm not one of these that's waiting for the Snyder cut, because Snyder is a mostly bad filmmaker. But I don't think adding Joss Whedon into the mix helped. But it just means that since this film, we haven't seen much from him. So we don't know if... We don't know what he's got left. The chances are he'll come out of hibernation with something and it will be decent.
1: I I think he was trying to get like Batgirl done, and that's why he did Justice League, because they was like, oh, fine, well... Finally, Justice yeah. League and well he kidding. pulled out
0: of that he pulled yeah. out of that goal because he you know he signed for it, said yes, and then decided he didn't really have a story to tell. Well, okay, I'm not I, I'm not a creative, I don't I don't want to be critical, but years are going by now and he hasn't actually done anything for a while. Um, he doesn't owe us anything, but it just leaves that question mark that when this wasn't very good and Justice League wasn't very good, does this man have anything left? Is or is he, he making still,
1: way for uh, a comeback? I, I expect he'll have a comeback at some point. Uh, oh, I've
0: got no doubt he'll continue to make things. Um, I've just seen here as well, I've am looking at. i got his uh, page up at the moment, I've just seen his marriage, he got divorced in 2016 as well, so um, mm-hmm. that's the one thing I hadn't thought of. There's a de- There would have been a degree of uh, turbulence in his private life around this point. Mm-hmm. So that cannot have helped.
1: I, do you remember the um, the Twitter controversy about like the the stuff with Black Widow and like her being a monster, a line of dialogue? How that caused a stir?
0: Because she could no longer have children, yeah. and it caused a mm. stir. And people started saying, oh, "Are you saying women who can't have children are a monster?" And it's like, can you not understand the nuance of a woman thinking that of herself? because she's held herself to the highest possible standards and she it's it's how she feels about herself it's yeah, a self-esteem yeah. thing
1: yeah it's 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 not like it's not like it's when not, every it's not
0: it's not an objective view on women who can't have kids it's a woman who holds herself to a ridiculous standard
1: it, it's this um, ridiculous like outrage like culture thing where like get outraged at the slightest thing it's, it's almost like no that every character says stuff is uh, is, uh, is what if is that what
0: character's you... point of view, yeah.
1: Or it's not, it's, it's, not, it's like, it's like, to be honest,
0: I'm all, I'm all for like be careful in the you know, why cause offense when you don't have to? But why, it's context, though, isn't why, it? why alienate um, sections of society? But you had it with Thor's he's adopted joke in the first Avengers too. I see what they're saying. I do actually see in, I didn't with the Thor one, I thought that was ridiculous. In this case, I sort of see what they're saying. But you have to take the context of this woman opening her heart to someone who she now thinks she can't get and won't be able to get as soon as he learns she can't do this. And it's also she's tied it up with her own image of herself and her femininity. And given she's gone through several years of killing and all that sort of thing in between, hence the previous film and there being a lot of red in her ledger, it's another stick to beat herself with. That's all it is. Um, so, yeah, I see where they're coming from, but I don't agree. But I have to say, I might have a bit more understanding of all of this if I knew more about this film.
2: This time, I do have some fun facts. That's fun, well, that's
0: folks. <laughs> that's a preemptive judgment. That yes, because
2: last time I didn't very have.
0: That have will many be fun, facts. folks, we should have said. Uh,
2: that may in the future well, be Well, I've
0: already very just fun. come, so... That's, a, that's about to be fun, folks. <laughs>
2: yeah. Last time I was a bit underprepared, you and I had to, I the had t- to find some on the, on the
0: fly. You can't get the toothpaste back in the tube, can you, Chris?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's done. It's out there. <laughs> I need a tissue.
0: Right.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope it's minty flavour.
0: I was going to say, Really? <laughs> what, you, what, what investment have you got in the taste of it
2: baking soda i don't know right carry on yes fun fact number one industrial light and magic developed a new motion capture system called muse especially for this film um and it was developed and enhanced um by none then makeup hero andy circus and it was developed um for like the role of, of Ultron and the Hulk, so they can capture the um, face and body movement simultaneously. So the actors could be with the other cast members, with the other ensemble, and not have to work separate, apart from them, which is quite good. So I think that's really interesting. Um, fun fact number two, the film's trailer was viewed 34 million times in the first 24 hours after being released, uh, breaking the record that was previously held by Iron Man 3. I don't actually know which is the highest growing, highest viewed trailer, so I need to look that up. And um, probably this latest one.
0: Oh, what now? Yeah. I, th- I think it will be Avengers Four.
2: It probably will be actually. Yeah. So, um, it's probably. I imagine. Um, oh, actually, no, it probably won't be. Yeah, I think it probably will be Avengers Four actually. Um,
0: the Phantom Menace should... in Quick Time.
2: <laughs> quick Time. Let's <laughs> go back a bit. <laughs> there it is. A blast from the past.
0: Two weeks qu- Two weeks after you sort of set it running, you can watch a little trailer and, you know... And, and
2: good old quick time. at uh, number three... Um, <laughs> I was trying to call him Lou Ferrigno. <laughs> That's why I wrote it. Lou Ferrigno contributes the voice of the Hulk in this film. Um, and has pretty much played the Hulk in every kind of live action and cartoon and adaptation going.
0: The funny um, thing is he didn't like do the voice tight-cast.
2: of his... well, the... Fo- the funny, funny you say thing. that.
0: Yeah, he never gets cast as, like, I don't know, a fit female model or something. <laughs> no, Mrs. Um, Hulk. That's sexist, that. The funny thing is, Ferrino has voiced every Hulk except his own. Yeah. He didn't voice his own incarnation of the Hulk. No. But anyway.
2: That's fun, folks. That's fun, folks! And, yeah, so fun fact number four. This is one of the f- very few times that we see Thor, but we don't see Loki. And also we see um, Iron Man, but no Pepper Potts.
0: Yeah, I think that was another aspect with this film that I just felt... I mean, Jane Jane and Pepper had both been in the Phase 2 films, which surprised me, because I didn't think... They, they hadn't been in the, the sort of... Well, I think Pepper had been in the Avengers briefly, briefly, but Jane hadn't. And we know... that Well, Natalie Portman, rightly or wrongly, has a, a reputation for being snooty about these things. I thought Gwyneth Paltrow did as well, but I think she's been in more than enough of these to pr- have proved that wrong. And, of course, when they both didn't turn up for this, I just thought, yeah, they're not even bothered about building, like, proper storylines from them all now. It's just smash them all together and leave these people out. So I thought that was a shame, but there you go. It,
1: it was funny with the, with the forego, but Jane's better.
0: <laughs> What's that, sorry?
1: It, it was funny with had that line of saying Jane's better.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: And my final fun fact, number five, both Aaron Taylor-Johnson and Robert Downey Jr. have both played versions of Charlie Chaplin. Downey Jr. obviously famously paid Chaplin in
0: Charlie know, film of,
2: of the same of the same yeah. name.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Which I've still never seen. I hear it's brilliant.
2: Oh, you've got to check it out. I only... It was like on my watch list for years and years and years and years and years and, years and I bought it on Blu-ray and it's... It really, it's very, very heartfelt, very touching. Um, and the best performances. Um, and... Taylor Johnson um, obviously played the younger version of Charlie Chaplin in Shanghai Nights <laughs> so like from the sublime to the ridiculous it's good fun oh.
1: Shanghai
0: Nights
2: yeah it's a good laugh I think it's one of his earlier roles as well so they don't make films like that anymore like
0: Shanghai Nights,
2: Shanghai Nights. It's, it's probably for the
0: best yeah we're, we're all gutted
2: yeah it's probably for the best
1: I don't know, they've done plenty of rush hours. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they've got another a third film. No, I'm sure they were planning on a third one.
2: Probably. They didn't make films like that anymore. No. Yeah. Sadly. And that's my, that's my five fun facts for Avengers Age of Ultron.
0: Okay, brilliant. Uh, I'm amazed. I was worried with this. I'm worried with some of the Marvel films that, you know, they're all all right, aren't they? You know, and you think, I don't know how much we're going to have to say about them. I'm really surprised we've got this length to show out of this, because I just yeah. thought this film was really thin. Um, I think it's a sign that Marvel are actually always OK. We've just damned this film with faint praise and it won't rank very high. But, you know, if the, if Justice League had been at this standard, we'd have been quite happy. Yeah, true. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is, I mean, this it, it, is, this it's is a secret.
1: It's secret to Marvel's success. It's been consistently good or
0: or, this is a studio that's made a rod for its own back by being just bankable mm -hmm. Um, Justice League would have been you know fantastic at at this standard really
1: yeah I I I don't know but yeah I I, I guess I guess it would have been an element of like well it wasn't that bad
0: well I just think compared by then compared to what you'd be expecting as well Mm, yeah you know the the already by then it was like this universe is failing, so yeah. Okay, uh, in terms of social media, you can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter.
1: Uh, you can find me at Suntraps on Twitter. You can also uh, find the this podcast with all the other all, all backlog of podcasts at Suntrapsco
2: and you can follow us on Twitter at do Expect As a Talk. We're also on the same moniker on Facebook, and also in YouTube and iTunes. If you type in Do Expect As a Talk, you should find us on there. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.
0: The great thing is we do have something to say, to say about what the next show is gonna be, so we don't have to like sign off tonight with, you know, no <laughs> 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 night. <laughs> Cheers. Don't let the bed bug bugs bite. <laughs> Alright, bugger off. Okay. Well, <laughs> We found this now twice uh, at the end of, or towards the end of phases. Mar- Marvel seemed to like to follow an Avengers film by sort of scaling it down a bit in more ways than one, which means Becca. Do
2: you expect to talk will return with, oh, I think I just stepped on that Ant-Man.